The month of June is dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus and nothing else for Catholics. <laughs> Amen, brother. Jesse, we also have- <laughs> I'm so glad to see you back, brother. And don't forget, Pentecost Sunday comes up. We got Trinity yeah. Sunday, Corpus Christi, Corpus the Christmas whole Sunday. month, man. I'm fired yeah. up, Jess. Glad to have yeah. you back. June thirteenth is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yep, we got it all. So yeah, we're we're uh, we're stacked, Terry, oh, with things time. to celebrate. Uh, the world celebrates mortal sin, but not us. So nope. We celebrate the Sacred Heart of Jesus. By the way, I just want to mention a f- couple things before we go, go into yeah. the soul food, Terry. Yeah, a couple of need to know files. Here, go for it. Kids exploited on stage. Did you know that? That uh, there's a video that has surfaced of children dancing on stage along with drag queens, while adult audience members threw money at them during a May event called DragCon 2022. According to the website, DragCon website, the event was sponsored by mainstream corporations like Joanne's Craft Store and the streaming platform Paramount, as well as taxpayer-funded organizations like the Los Angeles Public Library. Unbelievable. Next need-to-know file. Drag Queen Story Hour canceled. This is good news. Yep. A children's Drag Queen Story Hour reportedly scheduled to take place in the library of U.S. of U.S. Air Force Base has been canceled after a public outcry. God bless those people. These inappropriate events are extremely divisive at home for good reasons. In all cases, they place young children in close proximity with adults who are intentionally and explicitly sexualized, says Senator Marco Rubio. Next need to know file. There's a questionable promotion, Terry. Pope Francis announced Sunday that he will create uh, 21 new cardinals in August, one of whom is Bishop Robert McElroy of San Diego, California. Yeah. McElroy is infamous for being a central figure in the cover-up surrounding now-disgraced former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who was charged with serial sexual abuses. McElroy is also an advocate of ordaining female deacons. That's He's on right. YouTube saying this. Yep. And has promoted the LGBTQ movement. Archbishop Jose Gomez will not receive the red hat, despite being Archbishop of Los Angeles, the most populated <laughs> diocese in the country. Finally, pro-life policy, good news file. Yeah. A group of 48 uh, Senate Republicans sent a letter to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer stating that they will vote to block any bill that doesn't, doesn't include the Hyde Amendment or other pro-life protections. Awesome. The Daily Caller reports in the letter... The lawmakers say that any legislation that undermines the Hyde Amendment, which ensures U.S. tax dollars are not spent on abortions, will be shot down by the Republicans. The lawmakers added that the Hyde Amendment has saved close to 2.5 million preborn children over the course of 45 years. Terry, take it away. Well, I got two more need-to-know files, Jess. Newly released Pfizer docs reveal over 82% of pregnant women mm. who took COVID jab lost their babies. Now, Jesse, we were saying that way back when, Don't if you're pregnant, please don't. You're going to could hurt the baby. It could kill the baby. Well, now they're acknowledging, oh, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's what happened. And you know the neat, the bad thing about it, Jesse? They have no liability, remember? They're taking this jab. You're taking a jab from them, and if things go south and go bad, you cannot sue them. Also, Jess, just for good to know file, too, the Supreme Court is set to issue a new round of opinions on Monday. We don't know if the Roe versus Wade will be in that, but let's keep praying for the unborn. Hey, Jess, before we get to our topic, which is unfortunately a really sad thing about all these mass shootings, or this particular one in Texas, and we'll go through all that in our culture, 
I am gonna I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna get me in hot water, but Jess, I have no problem. One of my friends priests said, Terry, you can't do what you're gonna do now because everybody you you're 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 gonna be excommunicated. I said, Really? I don't believe that. I think Athanasius of uh, Saint Athanasius was exiled what four or five times. I guess I can get it one time. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're gonna talk about, folks: a Catholic world defense of capital punishment. What is the Catholic Church teach through the millennial? What uh, the issue of uh, capital punishment, and also what does God have to say in the Old and New Testaments about this? That's what's most important. We Absolutely, yes, yeah. it's a biblical yeah. worldview. And, and nobody much, can supersede what God has written. Exactly, and much, much more. But and also, I, Jess, I hope we're going to talk about the saint of the day because it's very appropriate for the kind of topic we're talking about. So, oh uh, yeah, especially this month of June, Terry month Saint of June. Charles Lawanga and his fellow companions. Yep. What did he die of, Jesse? Why did he get? Why did he get killed? Yeah, we're going to talk about what commit, what sin did he commit to the modern world that they wanted to kill him? They would have, yeah. All right, Jess, he, let's get some. Let's get some. He, 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 Terry, Saint Charles Lorongo refused refused the, the, the LGBT right. Pride Parade movement. That's right, exactly. In, and that's, in his day and age. Yes, in his day and age, that was what eighteen eighty five. Not that long ago, yeah. Jess. So t- on today's day. We honor the martyrs of the kingdom of Baganda. Yep. That's part of present-day Uganda and yep. Africa. Yep. In the Bagandan culture back in the 19th century, the king had absolute authority. And so there was a nasty homosexual king. Yep. And uh, he started looking at some of these uh, converts uh, to Christianity who served in his court. And they would not renounce the Christian faith. And they would not accede, uh, accept his immoral invitations to uh, get on the casting couch right his unchaste demands he wanted to sodomize them basically basically yep because that's what uh, he used to do to, to they do. all the other subjects in his religion but now that they have rejected paganism and embraced the one true god father son and holy spirit mwanga uh or, or, or king king mwanga what he did he, he uh since since saint charles lawanga and his companions they now knew about chastity and purity and that their bodies were a temple of the holy spirit they refused to allow themselves to be used as, uh, you know, as, as, as sodomites for the king. So King Mwanga ordered a mass execution. And in May 1886, on June 3rd, the Feast of the Ascension, many of, many of them were burned to death. And according to one executioner, uh, these young black men that refused to be sodomized by the king, they prayed until they died. Unbelievable. Other men killed between 1885 and 1887 are included in this group of 22 martyrs. They were canonized by Pope, uh, by Pope Paul VI in 1964. St. Charles Lawanga is today a patron of African youth. St. Charles Lawanga and his companions pray for us. Amen, especially in this month of June. Oh, gosh. Jesse, let's get some soul food into our soul, because that's really what we need today. Yes, so here we see the importance of uh, the role of Peter and his yep. successors. Yep. John 21, 15 to 19, after Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples... And eating breakfast with them, this is post-resurrection, he said to them, he said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus uh, said to him, feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to uh, tend my sheep. So it's a different word, feed and tend. Mm-hmm. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, 
feed my sheep. Amen, amen. I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you, don't, where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he, was, he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. He, our Lord told him this around 33 AD, right around 64 AD. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was taken by Roman executioners to a little hill called the Va- uh, it was called Vatican Hill. It is called Vatican Hill today. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, pinned upside down on a cross. He didn't want to be crucified like our Lord Jesus Christ. He said he wasn't worthy. So he was pinned upside down by force by Roman executioners. And he died a martyr on Vatican Hill. Uh, it's very it's very interesting. Our Lord tells Peter alone, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. The word feed my lamb is bosque. Bosque means feed means to teach. Mm-hmm. So Peter has the teaching office. Now he does tell him one time, tend my sheep. He tells him twice, feed, feed. Then he says tend. The word tend is a different word. It's poimene, which means to rule and govern my sheep. Jesus says this to all the apostles, by the way, back in the book of Acts chapter 20. Uh, I forget what, yeah, Acts chapter 20, verse uh uh, 17 and following, he says to all the apostles, tend my sheep, tend my sheep. What does that mean? It means to, it means to govern, it govern my sheep, my, my sheep. And it also means to, to rule them, rule and govern my sheep. But to Peter alone, Terry, yep. he says, feed my sheep, which means to teach. And we're going to talk about the importance of t- the teaching office of Peter. Amen. Last thing I'll say is this, as St. Faustina tells us in her diary that Jesus Christ appears to a soul three times. And he will ask every soul that dies, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? What he did to Peter in John 21, 15, he will do to, he'll do to every soul as they're dying. Well said, Jesse. When we come back, we'll lead off with uh, Fulton Sheen's quote of the day. But I also want to remind everybody, this is first Friday of the month. And I would encourage you, we talked about the sacred heart of Jesus making atonement and reparation. Please get to Mass, Confession. Also, tomorrow is first Saturday. That means... Here at our Sacred Heart Chapel, uh, right at 3 o'clock, we're going to start off with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Rosary, do a reflection on the message of Fatima. We have confessions, mass, and then a potluck. What a great first Saturday. Join us, because we had over 100 people the first day, and first time now, another 100 and some uh, last time. It's a great thing to do, living out the Fatima message. And again, what Fulton Sheen has to tell us about right and wrong It just applies to what we're going to be talking about later in the show. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are here to give you a world biblical view of Catholicism, what the church has always taught. Not Jesse Romero's personal opinion, not Terry Barber's personal opinion. Who cares about those two on their opinion? I want to know what Holy Mother Church teaches using sacred scripture and sacred tradition here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. We'll have some more good material for you, for your soul. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Let's get Fulton Sheen, the smartest guy, into the room here. 
Wow. Full, full sheen ahead. Jess, this is just so right on. He talks about what is wrong. He said, there is no sense in saying anything is wrong, comma, unless we know what is right. He says, if one accepts the false philosophy of life that there is no absolute distinction between right and wrong, the good and evil depends solely upon one's point of view. That's what we have today. That the individual himself is, yes, is the determinant of virtue and vice and then adds to it some very evil deeds in keeping with that philosophy. This is the last statement he says. It just is a, it, it's where the cash money is. If it will no, it will not be long until conscience is drugged and even killed. Jesse, that time has come. That's where we're at right now. Yep. Uh, the, the conscience of America, by and large, yep. most Americans that are that are secular humanists, that yep. are leftists, that are liberals. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, their their conscience is drugged. And to prove that, Terry, yeah. uh, the mass shooting yeah, that happened over it. in Texas. Yeah. And uh, it, the mass shooting has occurred at a time where the, where the left is trying to give us this liberal utopian society. Yep. In the last two weeks, there's been two mass shootings in the U.S. The second one took place in Uvalde, Texas. These shootings have reignited the regime, the Biden regime's already intense desire to disarm us all. Yep. Even before the bodies of the dead children had been removed from the school, our uh, <clears throat> mentally diminished president spoke to the nation, demanding that rifles, which he's not even able to accurately describe, be confiscated across a 330 million person country spanning an entire continent. Uh, this uh, this unelected president and his legion of sociopathic ghouls in the White House arrayed behind him, they're all clearly overjoyed that there is a classroom full of young young children lying dead in Texas. They don't actually care about the anguish of parents who will never see their child grow up. Their deaths are merely a political prop, a political tool for the most evil people on the planet that are running this country right now. It's hard to fully comprehend just how totalitarian such designs are, but these are the very same sadistic men who successfully locked those, locked 330 million of us in our homes for weeks or months and then mostly successfully restricted their ability, our ability to provide for our families. And if we refuse to get an extremely dangerous mRNA injection that does not even accomplish its intended purpose, all of you are then to be like a guinea pig yep. in, a, in a rat in a social experiment because we don't matter to, these, to, these, to this government. Our children don't matter to this government. We only exist to provide them with power, Terry. Yeah. yeah. Jesse, this article is very good, but one thing that it really makes it very clear, what was different 50, 60 years ago? Even, even the article shows 1981 where people could buy a Thompson submachine gun and we weren't having people killing all these uh, people now with all these mass shootings. Yeah. What's different? I mean, Jesse, in the 1950s, kids would go to school with their shotgun right in their, in their uh, pickup truck in the back there so that they could go hunting after school. And nobody said a word. What's, what, what is different, you know, that's, uh, that is different about America? And I will submit to you, and the answer is pretty obvious, Modern American society is a factory for psychopathics. Jesse, the young man in the North America continent is planted in a field fertilized by loneliness, hopelessness. They don't have any hope. They have no 
focus in life. That's what Fulton Sheen was saying. Many have never met their father. Man, over half of the people growing up without a dad. Most do not have anything remotely close to a good relationship with them. Most have no meaningful connection with the community. This is a different world, Jesse, and the article makes that very, very clear. And and the idea of taking the guns away that in their in their idea is that's going to solve the problem. No, can't they get it? Remember when George Bush used to say it was the economy stupid? Yeah. Well, right now it's the family stupid. Sorry, Jesse, I had to be so strong. It's all, it's, all, it's always been the family. Absolutely. Since the very beginning of you time. Got it. Uh, God. Yeah. Again, the article says that a lot of these kids. Here's their problem. Yep. They're social outcasts. That's right. So they're driven to the internet communities for their only semblance of human interaction for yep. their lives. Yep. And guess what? In the, on the internet, they're marinated in hardcore pornography. That's right. From before they have even stupid. before they've even even reached pubescence. That's right. So they know, or at least perceive, that they'll never know how the love of a flesh and blood woman. So they're they're on on a on a kind of a pharmacological cocktail that any pre-modern society would only ascribe to witchcraft and demon possession. Yep. These young people have nothing to live for. That's right. And uh, and no one loves them. They're la- a lot of them are latchkey kids. That's true. Given how many young men our nation is producing like this, the question we ought to be asking is not why does this happen, but rather why does it not happen a lot more often? Because America is incredibly sick right now. It's a sick nation. Yep. There's a spiritual cloud. Uh, it's perverting know, everything. And, and the people who dominate Every institution in our nation have held this power for at least 60 years. Yep. And for these 60 years, they've treated this nation as a grand social experiment. They've made the natural family, the very bedrock of human civilization, an antiquated, outdated institution that we have progressed from. In fact, it's exactly what Antifa <laughs> and Black Lives Matter, That's right. uh, they wanted to do. Uh, they wanted to... Um, uh, eradicate the patriarchal structure. Exactly. Get rid of the family. So these Marxists that are in our country, they've introduced racial and ethnic strife and in the chaos actively undermine the rule of law. Yep. 60 years of full spectrum controlled by utopian social engineers called Democrats. That's right. Have transformed the most affluent society in human history into hell on earth. But this didn't happen by accident. No way. These people are motivated by a deep hatred of humanity. Yep. Just like the uh, the geriatric that currently occupies the Oval Office, who well represents them, they simply do not care about how much people suffer. They might think the progressive, they, you might think the progressive is merely mistaken, diluted by ideology, but this is not the case. They have had more than sixty years to see the full extent of human misery their ideology produces when applied to the healthiest and most prosperous conditions. They know what they're doing, but but what is it to but what is to be done? So here's where it gets micro. You must personally, you and I must personally recapture the same American Christian spirit, the, the same spirit of Christian America that built the great nation. You must do all within your personal sphere of influence to build the, the things that our enemies have destroyed. We must rebuild churches dominated by liberals and weak-willed conservatives. We must rebuild neighborhoods and communities with people who, like you, love the nation that their great-great-grandparents built and who want to worship the same God who gave them such strength. You and I must devote our lives to both retaking what institutions you can and creating alternatives for the institutions you can't. 
It's not simply enough to decry that the liberals have ruined everything. Of course they have. They are like cancer. You must have a vision for your people. You must provide for the for them the thing that they've that they've taken away. Hope for the future. That's hope in Christ. That's right. We can we can again have the world that the liberal globalist regime has destroyed, a world where the where the fear of the triune God pervades the land, and not hopelessness and despair. You and I can have a world where things like mass shootings never happen again. But you and I must devote ourselves to a life of repentance, Amen. a life of faith. And an unquenchable passion for the true, good, and beautiful things God has given us, which means to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and liberate people from their chains of sin and their human blindness. Well said. I would add one more thing. Hope and trust. We talked about yesterday that the world doesn't have. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our trust is in Jesus Christ. And this is what the world is lacking. That's why I said yesterday about evangelization. We have a great opportunity. The world is sick. Our country is sick. And we want to talk politics? No. We want to talk about the Lordship of of Jesus Christ, the kingship of Jesus Christ, so that we can get people to know the meaning and purpose of life. That's what we need to do today to get our country back on its feet. And Jess, when we come back from the break, this is a topic that you and I have gotten in hot water over over the years, but we just really feel strong about what the church has always taught and also what the Bible teaches regarding capital punishment. Um, we have some stories to tell you. And matter of fact, I'll give you one quick story. I've got a minute and a half. Richard, our engineer, has his dad's story of a, a cousin of his was killed by a man who drank, got drunk, and started shooting the town up back in 1900. I've got the, uh, the paperwork here, the story. Basically, he killed a kid. And uh, he was uh, he died of capital punishment because um, he killed somebody innocently. And when he died, before he died, he was able to go to confession to the priest. And the priest walked him over to the guillotine. And um, he said, yeah, I repent. And my cause of my, my, uh, my, my cause is I was a drunk. I drank too much. And now I'm paying the price for it. It's just. I, it's right. And I, and I repent of that. So he goes to confession. He dies of capital punishment. The priest puts him in a casket, takes him over to the cathedral. They have mass offered immediately for that man. That's true mercy, okay? And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about a biblical worldview of the capital punishment because some people think, you know, that because the catechism of the Catholic Church now says it's to be done rarely, that that means it can't be done. But that's not what God's Word says, and to be quite frank, there's a book by Ignatius Press, and by man shall his blood be shed, a capital defense of capital punishment, endorsements from Father George Rutler and others. I would encourage you to get the book. It's kind of big. It's about 300 pages long. But Jesse has covered this topic before over the years, and so many people feel like you can't do that now. Well, you know, this is the one thing here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We don't shy away from controversial topics. Because it's the truth that sets us free. And that's what we're going to cover here because it's tying it into these mass murders. Can you imagine? I'm going to tell you a story about a gentleman who just last week was fatally shot by the police. And he had a story that applies to this big big time. Jess, your background being a policeman, for those who don't know it, Jess spent many years as an L.A. sheriff. You've seen people like Richard Ramirez, who's a, you know, we call a murderer. You've met these people. 
And um, I want to ask you, Jesse, two things. One, your Catholic perspective of a world biblical view. And also, tell us if you think capital punishment deters people, because I know you've got a story or two about that, how it's deterred people from from, uh, committing these crimes if they know that if they get caught in this state, that they will be executed. And that's just that we is that a fair statement, Jess? Yeah, a month, I, I worked the largest jail on, on, in the largest world, in the Los world, Los Angeles County Jail. I did, Paul Clay did, Ruben Nava did. Yeah. Uh, we talked to well, we spent years talking to many high profile inmates, mass yeah. murderers, sociopaths, psychopaths, serial killers. Wow. Uh, and what they'll tell you, they'll tell me this. They'll say, "We come to California to commit our crimes because they won't execute you here." They go, we, we, we stay out of Texas and some of these other states because if we do the same crimes over there, they'll kill us. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about that. Is it a deterrent? Yeah. Sure sounds like it. Well, the, Catholic defense it. Yeah. of capital punishment and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry and Jesse show. Terry, just want to mention one last sure. thing about the, sh- the shooter. Yeah, in Texas important. And, and all these other shooters. Yeah. Before we jump into the death penalty. Sure. Here's, uh, here, here's what you'll find that's it's consistent with all these shooters. And we've had a bunch of them uh, again in the last, I'd say in the last 20 years, it, this started becoming some a, a phenomena in the last 20 years. Right. Well, well what is. Why did we have this in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s when kids would take the rifle to school and they would ha- be sh- shown how to shoot the rifle during school, <laughs> during public school? There are pictures showing right. kids being students. They would bring their 22 rifle yep. and they would be taught to how to shoot the rifle, sight the rifle, you know, and square their target in public school. I'll tell you what's different now. How come? That's uh, that's no longer something that can be done today because the kids today, number one, let's analyze it. Yeah, they're they're being educated in a, by a Marxist education, a godless secular. Education. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So check the boxes. It's a it's a godless that's right. secular Marxist education. Yep. Number one. Yep. Number two, there's no faith component. And with faith, you get an understanding of morality, what's right and wrong, like thou shall not kill. Yep. You also have most of these kids, like this kid from Texas and many of the other shooters, no dads in the picture. There's no father in the picture. Right. Here's another thing to check the box off. They personally have no faith component. So they're, they're secular humanists themselves. No hope. Yeah. And so, and, and also another symptom you'll see, the, they're steeped in video games. They're steeped in watching violent movies and televisions. For hours a day, Terry, they're isolated without any friends watching violent television movies and video games for hours a day. Then a lot of them are on psych medications. Like this kid from Texas, he was, he was a, a medical marijuana because he said he had psych medications. And, uh, and, and, and so the, the fact is, Terry, when you analyze these mass shootings, it has nothing to do with access to guns. People have always had access to guns. It's not about gun control. 
It's about self-control. That's right. And the only way you're going to get self-controlled is by a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. a life of prayer and a life of faith. There is no other way you're going to get self-control from your disordered passions. Without Jesus Christ, Terry, when you look at all these mass shootings, the common denominator is they're all godless, young Marxists, liberals. Uh, they're on mind-altering psychiatric drugs or, or they're, they're being seen by mental doctors, you know, they're, they're yeah. mental patients, or they're on medical marijuana. And uh, these kids are, are receiving basically from K to 12 a Marxist public school education. So what comes out at the end? Well, these these godless, drug-induced youngsters are becoming monsters. That's what we're producing. Well said. And Jesse, before we get into the uh, biblical worldview, I have another story that just took place 10 days ago. Uh, Gonzalo Lopez uh, is serving a life, and sen- life sentence for capital murder he attempted capital murders when he attacked a uh, also a, pr- a prison bus driver on May 12th, and he escaped into a rural part of Texas. Okay, so he's a man that uh, you know has got a lot. He's he basically on death row in Texas. He's a dangerous man. Very dangerous. Well, he got out May 12th, and they took 10 days to find him. But uh, this gentleman who uh, who got out, uh, he was going to. A, we were getting some medical treatment, so they had to transport him there. So he took advantage and, and, and escaped and allegedly killed five people uh, in a very uh, rural area of Texas because they're dead. And he was the one that was there. So it's kind of a uh, looks like it. He, but anyhow, uh, the police finally caught up with him and had a shootout. And they they uh, they killed uh, Mr. Lopez, who's age 46. Um, and the point I'm making here is I make this example that my goodness. If capital punishment would have been there, he would have never had an opportunity to escape and kill those five innocent family members. They would be breathing today. And I say this out of justice because the justice for someone who kills somebody, innocently kills somebody, uh, there needs to be justice. And justice isn't sending somebody to prison where they can watch all the pornography they want, get all the food they want. And, and stay in mortal sin, so when they do die of old age, they go straight to hell. I think mercy makes sense to me. A biblical worldview is to let the man do what the little flower did back in France, where she prayed for the conversion of a man on death row, and she made sacrifices, and we pray for these people. They come back to the faith because the priest is there to give them the opportunity to make their peace with God. That's mercy. I just think that this idea that we give them another opportunity to kill others by putting them in prison makes no sense. So that story tells the position I have based on uh, just common sense that says when somebody kills an innocent life, they have to be count accountable for that. In our world right now, Jesse, there's no accountability. We, we continue to make excuses for people who have killed innocent lives. Yeah, Terry, a lot of these guys, again, because they have no faith component. Yeah. They're secular humanist. Uh, their behavior, Terry, makes them monsters. Yes. And wh- why do I say that? Because I'm looking at the dictionary at what the definition of a monster is. Mm-hmm. So somebody's saying, Jess, you're mean. No, I'm not. I'm, be- I'm being academic. The definition of a monster is this. Uh, it says, quote, a person who deviates from normal 
or acceptable behavior or character. Yeah. A person of unnatural or extreme wickedness or cruelty. Individuals who no longer feel constrained to behave normally, close quote. That's the definition of an academic definition of a monster. Mm-hmm. This kid in Texas was a monster. Yep. What he did, killing 19 people, that's what a monster does. But guess what? We're raising a generation of monsters. Yep. Because I'm going, I'm going to go back to what I said. Uh, if 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 you don't believe we're raising a generation of monsters, look at the look at BLM, Antifa, Occupy Wall Street. If a kid doesn't grow up with mom and dad who teach them a faith component, a prayer life, and gives them moral order, discipline, and social order. What you're going to do is you're going to raise a society of monsters. And this is what we have right now. The solution is not taking away guns. The solution is bringing Jesus Christ of Nazareth back to the public square, back to public schools, prayer to public schools, the Bible to public schools, get rid of uh, satanic after-school programs, That's right. get rid of uh, these, uh, these uh, transgender uh, you know, library hours. Let's go back to, the, the, to social and more to a social and moral civilization like we once had, Terry, before the 1960s kicked in with the sexual revolution and the, and the moral relativism. And Jesse, just as we're speaking, I got another one on the Internet. Uh, a man is shot and killed two women before killing himself in Ames, uh, Ohio, uh, Iowa, just outside a Cornerstone Church, according to police. This is just today. Authorities received multiple 911 calls. And uh, now they're trying to figure out who, the names of the victims. The gunman was not immediately released by authorities. So he shot himself. And this is another senseless shooting. And as we continue to go on, the solution, like Jess just said, is really giving people the meaning and purpose of life. And the culture that we're living in is just really adding fuel to the fire for more of these to take place. Yep. There's a lot of inmates in history, and I would be one of them. Yeah. If I did something monstrous, yeah. I would come back to my senses, to my Catholic senses, and I would realize that what I did was evil. Yeah. And I would say, I personally would say like St. Dismas, I would say, I deserve this. Yeah. I deserve justice. to be executed on such and such a date as an act of justice, as an act of, uh, it's, it's medicinal. Yeah. It's it, it it's it's this is uh, this is to expiate my sins for what I've done publicly. But of course, I would seek recourse to a Catholic priest, uh, go to confession, receive the Eucharist, live in a state of grace up until the time of my execution, and uh, and I would die knowing that I'm going to be launched into eternity into the hands of God. My body will be destroyed, as Saint Paul says. Uh, he says it in the Corinthians. He goes, destroy this man's body so that his soul may be saved. It's a biblical proposition destroy this man's body so that his soul may be saved. That's what St. Paul says to the Corinthians. Yeah. Jesse, we got another minute, but do we want to go to the nine days of prayer? Why the novena, if we have time today, or do you want to continue? Now we, let's go continue on the death. All right, we got more to say. And let me lot, just say this then. Let me just say this. In this book by Ignatius Press, By Man Shall His Blood Be Shed, I acknowledge the Catholic Church in recent decades has been associated with political efforts to eliminate the death penalty. But it was not always so. This timely work of this book explains a Catholic tradition regarding the death penalty, demonstrating that it's not inherently evil and that it can be reserved as a just form of punishment in certain cases. So this is, this is what we're basically saying. And I know that for many people in the church, 
this is a taboo to talk about. And they try to equate the death penalty with the killing of innocent life in the womb. Jesse, there's no correlation. The, the commandment, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder innocent life. There are times if somebody breaks into my house, this is an example, I've given it many times, tries to do harm to my wife and family, I will stop them, and if it's necessary, the gun that I'm protecting my family with shoots the man who's trying to attack me, and it kills him. I did my duty to protect my family. So there are times where uh, the death penalty is appropriate, and I think that we've lost that sense of justice and also the sense of what I call mercy. It's merciful to give a man an opportunity to make his peace with God. It's not mercy to let him stay in prison and be more corrupt for decades to come, and then he meets God 30 years later from dying of old age, and he's got one mortal sin after another because of what the je- what the uh, prisons have given him, and you call that justice? No, justice is giving a man what is due to him. That's my take, Jess. Yeah, uh, we'll continue talking about this on the next segment. But this is this is a, there's a biblical principle. Uh, I found the passage Saint Paul says this yeah. in First Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse verse five and following. Now he's talking about he's he's talk, he's denouncing the sin of a man who's sleeping with his father's wife yeah. in the Corinthian community. Saint Paul is heated, and look at what he says. Come out, we're going to teaser that what he says. We're going to get on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Let's see what St. Paul has to say on this topic. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We were talking about mass shooters, and now we're talking about uh, actually the <laughs> issue of justice as it, as yeah. it relates to mass murder, sociopaths, serial killers, and right. psychopaths. Right. Again, from 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 in the field experience, myself, Ruben Nava, and Paul Clay, we've talked to dozens of mass murderers, had long conversations with them. Uh, things that mo- we've we've done what most human beings will never have the opportunity to have: sit down there. I mean, for twenty, thirty, forty minutes, an hour. I talked to a serial killer, a mass murderer, psychopath, a sociopath, and really, really try to tap into his mind. Uh, I, I will tell you this: they would tell me in the county jail that uh, if uh, if if they try to commit crimes in states that they don't have the death penalty. So these serial killers and mass murderers, they know what states will execute you and which states do not, and so they say that they prefer to commit crimes in states that are soft on execution. That's why California and New York are, are soft targets constantly by these mass murders. But what would St. Paul say about, about uh, execution? So he's speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5, there's a man that's sleeping with his father's wife. Yep. And St. Paul said, he's, he is upset. He <laughs> says, he says, quote, you are to deliver this man to Satan. For the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit, that's his soul, may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So St. Paul is saying, this guy that's sleeping with his father's wife, this is so wicked what he's doing. 
you Corinthians, man, give his body up over to Satan. Let Satan destroy his body. Hopefully that he'll come to a senses so that his soul can be saved. So that's one piece of evidence, once again, where you see St. Paul is alluding to the death penalty right there. But if you want to go right to the very beginning, I mean, where does this, where does this start from? When, when, who was the first person that ever spoke of the death penalty? Well, guess what? It was God himself. Yep. <laughs> it, it's in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. So it's right in the very beginning of the Bible. Yep. Now, remember, as Catholics, the highest source of authority is not what your pastor says or your deacon says or your bishop says or the pope says. The highest source of authority is what God says. That's it. That can't be changed. I know it's uncomfortable for some people, but it can't be changed. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, listen to what it says. Quote, this is God speaking. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Close quote. So the constant teaching of the Catholic Church from the time of the book of Genesis all the way to very recently, the Catholic Church has always allowed the state, not the person, not the neighbor, that way you don't have this perpetual fight between the Garcias and the Gomez or the Jones and the Toms. Uh, the state intervenes and the state meets out justice. In fact, the Catechism of the Catholic Church does allow for the death penalty in rare instances. That's right. It's, it says rare instances. Be, before the Vat, Vatican II, it never said rare instances. Okay, It just says that the state had the, the power to execute. You know, based and Jesse, on, what was yeah. the reason for this? Move up. What was okay. the reason? Because I want to give the reason why the church said this. Yeah, the, re, the reason the Catholic Church, two, two uh, the Catholic church yep. added, that, that added that into the death penalty, it was... It was from from reading the documents of Vatican II and taking those class, classes on, on the history of the Vatican of the Council, it was Pope John Paul II, he was a young man, and he had seen the wicked, the wicked communists and the wicked Nazi regime and the way they abused their power over people. And so it was Pope John Paul II because he saw what can happen when a government goes rogue. And this is why he added the rare instances in the catechism, in other words, if there's the ability to be able to uh, to detain this person forever so that they could never harm anybody else, then that should be the, the, the higher recourse. Can I can I jump in, Jess? Yep. What, well, the reason I say this is the reasons the church has capital punishment to be legitimate, not only to protect society from immediate physical danger, like the gentleman who they just shot in Texas, but also to administer retributive justice and to deter capital crimes in the enclosed situation. So in other words, he's never going to commit that murder again, is he? No. No. Because this man didn't get capital punishment in Texas, he he went out and killed five more people. This is just justice. You won't want to give somebody an opportunity to do another killing, and that's what happens with mass murderers, and that's what happens with a lot of people who have been convicted of this. So I get what John Paul II experienced, but I'm looking at the 2,000-year history of the church and even before in the Old Testament. So I think we're, we really are on solid ground to be able to say that it is legitimate to... Because here's what I want to just mention. Father George Rutler said it this way, that when sediments 
usurp reason and authentic development of doctrine is distorted into destruction or doctrine, absolute rejection of capital punishment makes prudential judgments superior to natural law and revelation. That would invite all sorts of moral calamities, including a revision on the church teachings on contraception, abortion, and marriage. I think Father Rutler hit it, that when you cave on this, why can't we cave on others? Yeah, and he also said, notice what he said, when sentiments take over the end. Exactly. I think think the fathers at Vatican II, including Pope John Paul II, they thought about the death penalty more sentimentally than they did rationally and based on the tradition of the church. Because it, it, this is like one of the easiest doctrines to, to explain oh, right from the Bible. Time, big time. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's found, you know, we have to remember, remember that in De Verbum 10, yeah. it says the magisterium is not above the word of God. Exactly. But it's under it yeah. and it serves it. Exactly. Okay, so because the magisterium is not above the word of God, and by the way, the Bible is the written portion of the word of God. Yep. This is why, again, the church must be subservient to the Word of God. I'll give you a, a, another two more biblical examples on the sure. death penalty. St. Dismas, yeah. in Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43. Yep. That's a good one. He's being killed. Yep. And uh, notice what he's not, he's not calling the ACLU. He's not saying, oh, no, we need restorative justice. <laughs> you got to let me live. No, the Bible says this. Now, one of the criminals there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. This is St. Dismas talking. He says, St. Dismas says, And indeed, we have been condemned justly. That's it. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing criminal. And then when he said, and then he said, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And our Lord replied, Amen, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Notice what St. Dismas said. Okay. He goes, Hey, guess this, guess what? Shut your mouth. We deserve this. Uh, it corresponds to our crimes. Uh, we're being condemned justly. But guess what? Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, Jesus even recognized the authority of the state. Back in John chapter 19, verse 7 to 11, uh, Jesus is having a, a back and forth with Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate says, he says, to, he says to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and I have the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. In other words, Satan. But notice he's saying, where does where does Pilate's power come from? God. Amen. How do we know that? Why? Romans 13 tells us. St. Paul gives us the theology, the power of the state. God gave us a state so that neighbors won't continue to fight back and forth for a hundred years. You kill my son, I kill your son. I kill my son. I... The state intervenes so that families won't take justice into their own hands. That's why this was established by the Jews. Romans 13, 1 and 4 says, Let every person be subordinate to the higher authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority opposes what God has appointed, and those who oppose it will bring judgment upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear to, to, are not a cause of fear to good conduct, but to evil. Do you wish to have no fear of authority? 
then do what is good and you'll receive approval from them. For it is a servant of God, that's a soldier or cop, uh, the servant of God for your good, but if you do evil, be afraid of him. For he does not bear the sword without purpose. He is a servant of God to inflict wrath on the evildoer. Therefore, it is necessary to be subject not only because of the wrath, but also because of conscience. Paul is saying, what do you think cops and soldiers are there for? They're there, they work for the state, but they have authority from God, and they even have the power to mete out uh, death if, uh, if they have to use it in the line of work, uh, uh, using force and, you know, to overcome somebody's uh, unjust, uh, to, un- to overcome the unjust aggressor and to save life and property. Well, Seth, just as a reference, the book that you might want to consider getting on this topic, By Man Shall His Blood Be Shed, A Catholic Defense of Capital Punishment by Edward Fesser from Ignatius Press. I also want to mention, stay with us, The Bible with the Barbers. I think I'm actually going to do a show with my wife for the first time in a while. We're going to be talking about what the church has to teach about the great sacrament, biblically, of marriage, which is so appropriate because June is under the sacred heart of Jesus, divine love, and we also refer to many marriages celebrated in the month of June. So I want you to stay with us. If you can't stay on the air on your station, go to vmpr.org, pick up our free app. You'll have access to all of our shows at any convenient time. Jesse, wrap up the capital punishment biblical view. What? Why are we... Why are we promoting this? Because uh, only one reason, I think, but go ahead. It was the constant teaching of the Catholic Church from the book of Genesis up until yesterday. Yeah. That's why. And because the the magisterium is under the Word of God, not over the Word of God. The magisterium serves the Word of God. This is the constant teaching of the Church according to sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And so nobody has the authority, Terry, uh, to change it, alter it, or, uh, or, or obliterate it. Amen. Biblical worldview. That's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Up next is the Bible with the Barbers. We're going to be talking about the sacrament of marriage and taking it from a biblical perspective and the catechism of the Catholic Church. Love to have you join us. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Please, let's live in a state of grace, everybody. Please don't live in a state of mortal sin. Please pray your rosary every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Read the daily Mass reading. Hold to the the days of penance. And remember, go go to confession at least once a month so that you remain and retain your relationship with God pure. Amen. This is First Friday for Saturday coming up tomorrow. Get to confession. Don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's get on it, man. Suit up. It's the Catholic moment for us to save souls, slay error. Yes, here at Virgin Most Powerful. God love you.